0: Canadian Export Challenge and the Startup Canada Awards are coming to a city near you. Entrepreneurs in Vancouver, Edmonton, Winnipeg, Mississauga, Montreal, and Fredericton have the opportunity for a full-day entrepreneurial experience. In the morning and afternoon, attend your one-day global accelerator where you will connect to Canada's entire trade, export, and growth ecosystem. Accepted entrepreneurs have the chance to pitch to win $25,000 in cash and up to an additional $100,000 in in in-kind scaling support. In the evening, celebrate the winners of the 2019 Startup Canada Awards who are driving innovation and growing the economy in your region. Register for the Canadian Export Challenge at StartupCan.ca forward slash CXC and get your tickets to your local award ceremony at StartupAward.ca.
1: I said, sure, let's chat over coffee. With Export Development Canada, risk doesn't stop you. EDC, take on the world.
2: Building your dream, work-life balance, scaling up, discussing the topics that matter most to entrepreneurs. He's Rivers Corbett on the Startup Canada podcast. million entrepreneurs. If you are a regular show listener, welcome back. If you're new to the program, don't forget to subscribe to the show on iTunes, Google Play Music, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. And you know, one of the great things I love about interviewing amazing rock star entrepreneurs from across the planet is what we learn from them. And that's why I started Go Forth Garage. Go Forth Garage is all about providing you with the resources, the coaching, the mentorship, the programs to help you and your business. Just check us out at goforth Garage that's goforthgarage.com. This is Teresa Larico, founder and partner at Social Light Conference. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Startup Canada podcast show. I've had a little chance to uh, talk to our next, next guest before we, uh, we get into the show, and there is good energy coming your way. So just thrilled to have the founder and partner of Social Light Conference, Teresa Larico, on the show today. Teresa is a passionate social entrepreneur and is committed to leading leadership and impact through all that she pursues. As the founder and partner of Socialite Conference, Teresa puts on one of Canada's largest entrepreneurship conferences each year as part of her mission to light up Canada's young professionals and work towards impacting not 1 million, not 10 million, but 100 million hearts. So cool. Teresa has given the word Socialite a brand new meaning that reflects her passion. Her new spelling of the word creates an acronym that stands for Leaders impacting global humanity today. Teresa is committed to bringing entrepreneurs, influencers, global leaders, and everyone in between together. That embodies people, planet, and prosperity, and create positive impacts for not just individuals in their communities, but for the world. Teresa and her work have been profiled in Forbes, Tech Vibes, Huffington Post, U Inc, and much more. The reasons why are very clear, and we're going to get into those in a second. Teresa is also a seasoned media personality with many TV series commercials, music videos, and broadcast experiences under her belt. And we got a raid on the Startup Canada podcast show today. Teresa's achievements were not reached without facing beyond her fair share of obstacles along the way, including a near-death experience two years ago. On today's show, we're going to find out why Teresa created the Social Light Conference, how she found entrepreneurship, and overcoming the impossible in her life in order to get here big exhale for rivers teresa welcome to the P- the Serve of canada <laughs> podcast show <laughs> Thank you, Rivers. It's so great to be here and to be on this
3: podcast, which I know so many hearts and and community members and entrepreneurs are
2: listening. Yeah, well, you know they really are, and we're so fortunate to have great, great guests and and a great audience. So thank you for your time today. Um, you know, take us on that journey. I I I, I uh, <laughs> I'm getting off script right away because of the intro, and I know people want to dive into. Take us on the journey of social light. <laughs>
3: Yeah, I definitely, um, what could I, I mean, this podcast, first of all, is going to be like so juicy. I hope to share my heart and story as you mentioned of being hit by a bus and experiencing a miracle, wow. um, I'm just about to get into the, the startup story of socialite and hopefully that inspires dreamers into action. Um, I want to provide a better understanding of how business can be used of a, as a force of good. And then lastly, provide your listeners with like the top resources I know and wish somebody told me and a daily formula to help people really live their best lives. Um, so I'm super excited to dive right in. And to answer your question, you know, I sort of found entrepreneurship when I was Little. Uh, My grandfather and grandmother were very entrepreneurial. They were dentists and lawyers. And I came from a lineage of business entrepreneurs in the Philippines. Uh, But I was born and raised in Toronto, Canada. And um, I didn't even know what the word entrepreneur meant. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Like most of us, you know, and um, I actually was seasoned to be a doctor and I got into pre-med at a factor at high school to be a pediatrician. right? Um, but then in my last year of high school, I won a contest from the Lieutenant governor and I got to speak at 17 to the chief of, at the chief of police's dinner at the Fairmont. And, you know, all these political guests were there and there I am at 17 years old, um, speaking about leadership and the importance wow. that, that, that the community plays in fostering young leaders like myself. And then I went home after that event and you can imagine, um, getting a standing ovation from an event like that was meant a lot to me as a teenager. And I just went home and I'm like, okay, if money didn't mean anything, if what my parents wanted, didn't mean anything. Like what do I really love to do and how do I make money doing that? (laughs) And as a 17 year old, I just listed, you know, uh, things like, I love traveling pop culture people. And so then I, um, I told, I went home and I told my parents I wasn't going to become a doctor and that <laughs> Did I was you do just going to night. Go- Did you actually do it oh, that we- night? Well, not that night, but that week. And you can imagine yes. how that conversation went. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, ended up going to, um, she's like, okay, sweetheart. She wasn't very happy, but, um, I decided to pursue a career in television because I thought, you know, I could, get everything that I want to do in life and all the things I love and get paid to do it. And so, yeah, that led to Ryerson journalism. And I ended up going into a career um, of television. And that was about for about eight years. And um, by the time I was 26, I had nine national series under my belt. And wow. I was just a typical A-type entrepreneur, but I never chose to go on payroll at the network. So I had created my first company called Eleven Productions and I always got paid as a sole proprietor because mm. I didn't want to wait 12 months to get a two-week vacation. Right, right. <laughs> So I was already entrepreneurial as a teenager and, and even when I was in university, I threw parties and I would get like, you know, 300 people come at Frosh and I remember charging $10 a person and one of my best friends was holding all the money that night and I was like, there's $3,000 <laughs> here and I'm like, holy shit, I just made three grand off of a $10, you know, and I didn't know what it meant. And then, um, by the time I was 29, I was like, okay, I need to use, I need to make media that moves humanity forward. There was a misalignment. Like I had reached the level where I was getting about a hundred thousand an episode and I had an outer body experience where it was just like, I fainted on set and I ended up going to the hospital and they told me I had influenza. And then I was just like, oh my gosh, what? And uh, I was knocked out in quarantine for two weeks. And and then when I came back, I was let go from the series. And I remember feeling like, you know, the world had just like fallen on my shoulders. And I'm like, mm. what? I've never been let go of before. And I realized I was making all these co- this content. And a lot of the media content I was making, I would call it empty content. Right. And, we, and I was just like, you know what? I need to make media that actually moves humanity forward that is in alignment with my core values. And I decided to create a, a TV series where you take a workaholic and you fly them to Tibet. You take a punk rocker and you fly them to Kenya. And I sold my BMW to fund that. And um, we ended up getting in negotiations with a with a network. And six months into the negotiations, the network was going to buy it at 1.3 million. And I uh, got a really big travel company to agree to 250,000 for the series. And and we shot a pilot in Ecuador and I took a blonde blue-eyed Prada princess and dropped her in the Pimpi Lala tribe <laughs> deep in the Ecuadorian Amazon. And it was the best ever. And after six months of negotiations with the network, they came back and said that they had just let go of 500 of their staff wow. and that they couldn't commission it. And so that was my first like kick in the stomach. Like I was just like, wow. Oh my gosh, I, you know, here I am. I sold my BMW. I sold everything to fund this. Yes. It was the first time. And I'm like, Oh my gosh. And then during that time, the center for social innovation that summer launched a contest Ah, and they said great organization yeah they're amazing Mm. if you guys haven't heard of csi i would highly recommend Mm. looking them up Mm. they launched a contest and they said do you have a business idea we'll give you twenty-five thousand dollars for your idea if you can make a one minute video and i'm like i know video yeah i'm like i could do this and so when i was (laughs) little um I read two books: "Thinking Grow Rich" and uh, by Napoleon Hill, and "Awaken the Giant Within."
2: Oh, I love it. I,
3: yeah, those books are you know fundamental for me. And I started crafting as a teenager in my little diary. I would draw like I wish there was a TED meets Oprah meets MTV. Like I wish there was like something like that. And I would journal it and journal it, and then. Finally, I decided to enter the contest that CSI did, and I called it Socialite. And it I don't even know where that came from, uh, God, really, for me. Mm. And the word light meant, um, but it's spelled light, like the actual L-I-G-H-T. Yes. And I made the acronym mean Leader Impacting Global Humanity Today. And I said, what if we as a society valued each other not for you know, the purse you wear or the, you know, your financial status. But what if a socialite, I valued you because of your impact? And I challenged the the typical status quo of what we as a society put value on. And um, I launched not knowing anything <laughs> like most entrepreneurs. Yes, you that's just not like,
2: true. You do know a lot because you've had those life experiences, but still it's interesting because even with all those life experience, there still is that doubt associated with that next journey, which I find a lot of entrepreneurs, even as they get older, are still going through that doubt. Do I really know what I need to know? So it's cool you reference that.
3: Hmm. And I, and I do agree with you, River, that, you know, most of us just like, we're like, we got this dream and we're crazy enough, or you want to call us naive enough to not think that it's not possible. Like the only, it's like, this is going to happen no matter what, like, let's go. And we don't know any better, you know, and I didn't know anything about cash flow. I didn't know (laughs) what it, I didn't know what it meant. I didn't, I didn't even know what profit and loss statement was. And like Tanya said to me one day, she's like, honey, are we in the black? I'm like, black, you mean like a black dress? What do you mean? (laughs) Like, like I had no idea, you know, and Tanya's the, uh, just
2: our audience, Tanya's the, uh, the leader of CSL.
3: CSI. CSI. Yeah, that's sorry, right.
2: CSI. Yeah, exactly.
3: Yeah, Tanya is um, probably my most favorite entrepreneur in all of Canada. Mm, she's crazy. Um, she is one of the most prolific thought leaders, um, and for me, someone whose whose leadership and entrepreneurship has trailblazed Brilliant. in Canada. And yeah, so. I launched Socialite and I didn't know what I was doing and the CSI um, incubated me for six weeks and uh, I used the yellow sticky notes in a, a business model <laughs> canvas in a little office and I decided to make, you know, make it a conference and I said, you know what, here we go. And four months from yellow sticky no- note um to launch I, I launched and we ended up having a thousand people come and and sir richard branson opened the conference and
2: it was okay it wait was a just, minute now wait <laughs> a minute I, I thought you didn't know what you were doing and y- I you got a thousand got- people and richard yes. branson so this audience is going to say rivers hold the bus for a minute <laughs> dig into that sticky notes thousand people richard branson how did you make that happen
3: well, that was like, like I, I uh, partnered at the time with somebody who knew how to run conferences because I knew that I didn't know how to do that. Brilliant. And I've never done one in my life. And I think um, that's one of the greatest things an entrepreneur can do is that when you realize your strengths and your weaknesses, to, to quickly either hire or Mm. if you don't have the cash flow, enroll people into your dream and the possibility of your dream and then get their talent and resources to support in the areas that you're not strong in. And, and with the, with the Richard thing that was, um, he sent a video from Necker Island directly for our conference. Um, and that was through a a very dear friend and, and it was specifically only for the socialite community. And a lot of people were like, you're crazy. You can't have like, you know, a thousand people in, in your first time event. And this is the biggest city in Canada. And I just had a lot of naysayers. And I just remember being like, all right, here we go. But, um, you know, my grandfather died a week prior to the
2: conference. And Uh, I'm sorry.
3: Yeah, he was really, he was my greatest idol in my life. And, um, that day I didn't even go to the conference. So I went in the morning just to welcome everybody in all black. And then I chose to go to my grandfather's funeral, which was on the same day. And, um, yeah. And I, I think for a lot of people listening, you really want to think about what your core values mm-hmm. are. And at the time, I was just like, what is more important to me? You know, the launch of my dream, which is like a wedding in a way, or the death of my, you know, grandfather, who's I'm very, very close to. Of course. And- family comes first in my book. So I chose my family and I just remember getting a picture from the conference that my partner at the time had sent me. And it was from the back of the conference with all the thousand people. And I just thought, you know, I'm there bawling my eyes out and I'm (laughs) like, no, these people will, I'll never really get to meet them. Um, and maybe only some of them, but, but that day was completely designed for them to get who they are. So yeah. And it's just,
2: um, what did they get? What did they get teresa when they uh, when they walked through that day and that they walked away from that day? what was the, the takeaway for them that was I guess one most important for you more than anything from all the all the feedback that I'm sure you got?
3: I think it was really. Um life-changing for the people that were in the audience, Um, really from a heart-set mindset and habits perspective. I think the lineup of speakers we got, everybody from Robin Sharma to Tony Shea to Seth Godin to, you know, a lot of local speakers as well and leaders, um, they really got an infusion of inspiration. They got to connect with a thousand people and more than anything, they they got, got insight into resources that could support them into making their dreams into a reality. Um, And so that's really one of the greatest things. And I think for me, the context I made was that my grandfather was buried that day and I made it, I made it mean like the, his baton that he was carrying, which, you know, he was a lawyer and he taught me three core values, which is God, family and service to the community. And so those core values are in me. And I felt like when he was buried, he passed the baton to me in a way. And that was my first time ever stepping out as my real, like authentic, here we go kind of thing. Um, And so it was a very beautiful moment in my life.
2: That's really brilliant. I I have to ask you this because, uh, you know, I'm a, uh, I'm I'm a, I'm a God follower and I'm always curious when I have conversations with people with uh, with uh, Christians like you and I about how do you, how do you bring your faith into socialite how do how do you bring the messages of faith into what it is you do where particularly those principles are ranked the way they are
3: amazing question um, you know as an entrepreneur I say that I work for only one person there's no brand or company that could ever own my soul or my heart and. Um, mm. I call him Mr. Big. That's my nickname for <laughs> him. <laughs> so I'm like, I work for Mr.
2: Big. You know, there's a Mr. Big
3: you know, chocolate bar. Yeah, there's, Mr. Big. there's also a <laughs> Mr. Big in Sex in the City, and um, I, yes. I I work for Mr. Big above. And I, I really, brilliant. I think that whether you believe in God or not, you don't believe in God. It. it like the intention of the event itself is to raise love frequency on our planet and love is right. like music. It's a universal thing. And I think that individual, uh, you know, we, we live in such an interesting time right now and the world is up against, you know, every issue you can think of from environmental to humanity, to like po- politics, to like, you name it. And I feel like if we could just take a moment to actually center and, you know, evolve consciousness of ourselves and our everyday actions. And then, you know, and that spark for me, God exists in people's hearts. And so Mm. I'm very clear with what my mission is with all the work that I release in the world, whether somebody believes in God or not, that is the source of that I am creating from and that I, and that I constantly look to be guided by. And, Uh, You know, Mm. I hope that people and anyone who experiences anything that I've ever done or expressed in the world, you know, I even have a dog and my dog's name is Love. And No no way, that's awesome. He's so cute. He's a little Yorkie named
2: Love. (laughs) No way. I have a little Yorkie. Her name is Grace. Isn't that interesting? Love and Grace, (laughs) all the
3: listeners, we're going to do that picture. (laughs) <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I, you know, I, how do I bring God into everything I do? He's in every breath I take. And so nice. um, I think I'm more grateful nice. now than I have ever been for for the life I have and the privilege that I have. And I think, you know, no matter what religion you are, Muslim, Buddhist, um, any of that, you as a human and your heart frequency knows love and light energy, you know, the path and actions and frequency and thinking that is in alignment with love frequency on our planet. And the only intention that I look to serve, um, is to raise that both in oneself and in the actions that we choose both in business. And, you know, that's why the conference focuses on business as a force of good and the triple bottom line of people, planet prosperity. It used to be people, planet profit until I learned about universal basic income. And I felt like prosperity is a much stronger word that embodies what is capable for our planet. And when you think of a flourishing future for the world, um, one of the things that I think a lot of entrepreneurs miss is that you yourself must also flourish. And I think a lot of social impact entrepreneurs like myself, you know, like, We'll give everything in service of everyone else and leaving ourselves empty, Um, you know, whether that's from our health, whether that's from our relationships, all of those things. And I had to learn the hard way how to really prioritize the things that mean a lot to me and still serve uh, the mission that's been placed in my soul.
2: That's fantastic. Well, uh, thank you for allowing me to go through that discovery with you. I really, really appreciate that, and uh, thank you very much for uh, uh, you know bringing your grandfather into that journey too. I, I can you know I, all I picture is a man nodding his head with a big smile on his face. So, uh, so, so thank you for that. I want to tie into you know your journey personally when you say you were you were in a uh, terrible accident hit by a, the proverbial bus and can you talk about that and the toll it took on your morale and and uh, you know how it's impacted your your journey with the, your as an entrepreneur and your work at social light?
3: yes definitely so um last year uh, in 2017, I was hit by a bus. I was in the middle of filming my movie with Hal Elrod, The Miracle Morning. And, um, you know, we were around the world filming the most successful people and how they spend their mornings. And, um, yeah, there's basically, I was coming to Easter mass. I flew into Toronto just to tell my family, I love them and, and spend Easter with them and uh, celebrate some birthdays. And, um, shortly after Easter mass, I was hit by a bus and, um, obviously rushed to emergency. Um, and I didn't really gain full consciousness until seven days later, I had, um, eight broken ribs, uh, something called flail chest where the ribs actually break from your rib cage. Um, I had frontal lobe braid trauma, um, and I couldn't walk, I couldn't breathe. And I essentially, my right arm was crushed and I had, a medical team of about 24 people surrounding me. Um, so yeah, so that was a, you know, a lot of people say, wow, you, you be careful, you know, well, you might get thrown under the bus. or you might, well, I was actually right. <laughs> like I was actually hit by a bus and thank God, um, that I was, you know, able to experience a miracle on Easter Sunday, uh, because both love and I were protected and, um, you know, they brought the dead people bag. They thought that I was dead because they found me, you know, obviously crushed under the bus and, you know, in a pool of blood. So they thought that the bus had, you wow. know, killed me. And, and, um, of yeah, so it's been quite an experience. I would say it took me one year to completely take off. Um, I haven't, you know, it was one year of, of a real reset and stop. I think to answer your question about, you know, what how has it changed me and how has it changed, you know, the the work that I'm doing with Socialite, I would say number one, I really learned the importance of heart, set, mindset and habits. You know, we have a formula with the miracle morning called savers, which what we recommend people do every day. And that S saver stands, S stands for silence. A stands for affirmations. V stands for visualization. E stands for exercise. R stands for reading and S stands for scribing, which is like the five minute journal. And, you know, we recommend that to everyone to do and how our outlines it in his book, Miracle Morning. And while I was filming around the world, you know, like I was, the most recent interview was with Muhammad Ali's daughter, Layla Ali. And I was talking to her about Mm -hmm. a champion mindset. And I didn't know that doing all those interviews and being part of the Miracle Morning community was setting me up for, um, you know, what would have been my greatest fall of my life, literally face to cement. And so, you know, yeah, like I had my nurses every day, you know, it took like four hours to just get out of bed and take a shower basics. And I made them make a check, a white checklist and they weren't allowed to finish their shift unless I did savers every morning. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, I learned from a friend of mine, Sunny, that we have three mouths, um, you know, your eyes, your ears and your mouth. And I was very conscious about the, the, the food that I was putting in all three. Um, and I, yeah. Wow. All three. Like you go, you know, what are you reading? What are you listening to? Um, who's around you? What food are you feeding your body? Like I'm a vegan now and I've, I've been vegan right. now for, um, 11 months and super proud. And Good yeah, stuff. it's amazing. Cause you know, I had to learn about plant-based diets and really what kind of state I needed to put my body in to heal and um yes. yeah, and then learning how to trust god. i think I think the biggest word I learned, and one of my favorite quotes from the accident that really got me through my darkest times was, um, you know, uh, no rain, no flowers." You know?
2: Uh, uh, thank you for sharing that that's wonderful I love when new sayings come into my life and I am and Mm -hmm. I'm a rabid fan of that I consume them all the time never heard that Mm -hmm. one yes
3: and so when you know when whenever you're going through something really difficult whenever you know you're faced with an adversity because everyone is going to face something. If you are bold enough to be something called an entrepreneur and you're going after your dream, you are definitely going to get knocked down. And whether, you know, not physically by a bus like me, hopefully, no one ever does that, but you will have a bus in a different form, which is like negative self-talk, um, people telling you can't do yes. it, financial um crises, like their health situations. Everyone will have their bus. And it's about, you know, you there's a Chinese proverb that says, Um, get knocked down seven, but get, but rise eight. And so (laughs) that is, you know, that's what it is. And I think the reset for me was really learning the importance of health. And so the number one message that I would have for people, specifically entrepreneurs who, you know, are crazy enough to go after their dreams. Um, is really, really take care of your health and don't wait for some life-changing accident or illness or something that, you know, to change the way that you take care of yourself. Like I have a morning routine and health is part of like that routine. If you don't take care of your brain and your body that you've been gifted, that is where your soul exists. And and yes. you won't, if, you know, if you're, you know, burning the candle on both ends, as they say, if you're not eating or conscious about the food that you're eating, if you're not getting proper sleep, all of those things, when you compound that over and over and over again, you're leading yourself up to a path where that dream, no matter how big it is, will not be able to be fulfilled by you because you won't even, you know what I mean? You'll be either sick or um, something, you just won't be 100% the best you that you could possibly be. So, you know, right now, if I could say, anything, I would say take on a morning routine um, and definitely, you know, learn how to when if you are going through bad days, learn how to press like I love the word reset. Reset became one of my yes. favorite, favorite words. Whenever everything was like, you know, there would be times that I'd be so sad. I'd be crying and crying. And I'm like, why did this happen to me? What are you trying to tell me, God? Like what, you know? Um, and I, you know, I couldn't walk. I could, I'd, I'd be talking to river and I'd be like, hi river. How are you? And I'd have to gasp for air to recalibrate my lungs and heart. And it was just oh, wow. devastating, wow. you know? And there's a story of a fox and a turtle. Have you heard of that story?
2: No, tell me that story. Okay, so
3: there's a turtle, and this is from somebody called the Urban Buddha Buddhist. And it basically is that there was a turtle, and the turtle, um, there was a fox who was really hungry and the fox was like oh my god i'm so hungry and he saw the turtle and the turtle was like uh oh he could feel that there was something that wanted to eat him and so the the fox came around the turtle slowly slowly and then the the turtle got so scared that he went into his shell and he just went inward and then he stayed inward and he stayed there and he stayed there and finally um after a while the fox left and the turtle was safe and the moral of the story is that whenever there's like danger or doubt or fear or all the world seems like it's just coming at you, do do the same thing that the turtle did, go inward. And when I say inward, mm. I mean, meditate pray, um, take some time for just you journal, uh, do something called a love rope that I learned from agape where you just like call out to friends and you're like, I need a love rope, um, you know, and, and really take care of yourself, but go inward and stay there and then watch how Mm. everything falls through. So, um, yeah, I think really strengthening your inner core is so important and, um, how it's impacted this accident. And I like to call it a miracle that happened to me, um the bus accident and miracle has transformed the work that i'm doing with socialite in a way that you know we're going to be pivoting me personally i'm i'm going to be launching my personal brand and um this will be the last conference i actually produce because i systemized right. everything and you know other people doing that and I'm really going to step in into doing media content and and media that moves humanity forward and um my goal is to work with Oprah Winfrey and to make media that just you know is consumed by millions of people and and the internet becomes my conference <laughs> and uh yeah yes. and I think the second thing that it really deepened for me is I think we're gone. Gone are the days where you could just have a bunch of speakers on a stage motivating you rah, 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 go. And I think our generation right now and the state of our world requires a deeper form of leadership. And I think you know, you just, you can't just go to a conference, sit there and have somebody talk at you in one way. And so it's just changed the design of the conference for me pers- particularly where we're, we're bringing, you know, I'm not allowed to say, but there's going to be some really awesome people coming to this conference outlining like all the major problems that the city faces from the highest up. And I'm literally like, you know, coming together to do an appreciative inquiry with our community on what is the flourishing future we we hope to get to? What are our core strengths as entrepreneurs? How can business be used as a force of good? And then we're actually going to track that impact and th- that action um, to be one of the first ever conferences that actually ignites real action towards solutions. So wow. yeah, really excited. And so this accident has wow. um, been a huge internal reset. <laughs>
2: Teresa, this has been an amazing journey that uh, you've taken us on with uh, with your life and uh, and you know there's so many facets of the conversation that have an impact for me anyway personally thank you for that uh, but also there's so many uh, techniques um, uh, formulas recipes whatever you want it that, that bring life skills but also specifically related to entrepreneurship that I've never talked to with anybody on a, on, on the startup Canada podcast Podcast show uh, at the at the depth that we have today. I can't thank you enough for taking us on this journey. How do people find you to keep hanging out? I mean, we've we've got social the social light conference, but what about you personally? Are you on LinkedIn? You have your own uh, what 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 website can we get a hold of you at besides social light that type yeah, of thing?
3: Yeah, um so to learn about the conference you can go to socialiteconference.com or, or on Twitter at at SLT Conference. Um, and we also have Facebook. And then for me personally, I'm at Teresa. Corazon.com. I'm also on LinkedIn um, at Teresa Larico and I'm at Twitter at Teresa Larico as well.
2: You're brilliant. Thank you so much for your journey Thank you today. Thank you so much. It's so cool to hang out with you today.
3: River, this has been a blast. All you Startup Canada listeners out there, um, whatever dream you have in your heart, if we can leave you with just one seed and that seed is that it's possible. Um, That dream you have inside you is possible. And uh, thank you, River, and thank you, Startup Canada, for all the work that you guys do to empower our community. And I'm just so proud to be on the podcast. Thank you so much, River.
2: leaving you with a sneak peek of next week's episode
1: Hi this is Jen Harper the founder of Cheekbone Beauty and you're listening to the Startup Canada podcast with Rivers Corbett I created a business that's not innovative in any shape or form unless giving back. I mean, I guess giving back is a new kind of innovation, right? And I know and realize that I don't have a product that is revolutionary, so to speak, in the beauty industry. I'm just selling another lipstick, great quality, made in Canada, not tested on animals, vegan, free of all the bad stuff that's in cosmetics, but it's not revolutionary. So I was well aware of that my edge is tapping into a community that the beauty industry has never tapped into. So the value that I bring is the audience that I've created. We now have almost twenty thousand followers on Instagram in this short period of time that were all organically that was organically built. We have seven thousand people that read our stories and follow those every single day. Uh, and this is a community of indigenous people that want an indigenous beauty brand in there in in the store like Sephora.
2: Um, so I, that's an interesting segue you just made, because I, I wanted to touch on that. Um, I would make the hypothesis, the assumption that the majority of your customers right now are from the indigenous uh, um, communities. But are you seeing that that is starting to, to to shift a bit to a broader audience that is non-indigenous who are gravitating towards uh, the message in the, in the community and the understanding?
1: Yes, absolutely. Uh, We have always had a real mix. Um, But obviously, I think that our our predominant customer is an indigenous person at this time. But the the mix is there. And then I see it happening whenever I get to do a speaking engagement. So I did something for an accounting firm um, at the Globe and Mail building two weeks ago and this is an audience of about 300 women from in business in Toronto whether it be CEOs of companies or head of marketing teams whatever it was called a women for women day um, and they invited to me as one of the panelists and after that it's an entire audience of non-indigenous people and the emails and the conversations and the support I had from that presentation was absolutely I'm gonna tear up right now because I was just—I was so moved by all of these women and what they wanted to do. One of them is good friends with the founder of Bite Beauty, which is another. Canadian cosmetics brand I had lunch with the founder the week after like she set that up Um, another woman is the friend of the former CEO of Sephora (laughs) so how can we help you when you have this meeting with them so um, and all kinds of women from all different sectors what can they do to help that we're all on indigenous and it just it overwhelmed me because when you see that yes yes canada wants this mm-hmm. women want this they want to support support indigenous people